Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above all other names, and we give him praise today. And welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Operating in Authority. This will be part number two. We had a wonderful time, and I want you to hear every moment of it. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled Operating in Authority, part number two, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Part number two, if you have not heard part number one, CDs are available there on the uh, table absolutely free of charge. If you have the Kingdom Rock app already installed on your mobile device, it's already there. It's also available online as well on the website kingdomrock.org. So if you haven't heard it, make sure you go back in here. Part number one is going to be a blessing to you. Today we're going to go forward into part number two. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke, uh, Luke, the um, 10th chapter, Luke 10. We're going to start there. Remember, we said every week, every week we're going to rehearse a couple of scriptures, and we're going to get more in detail in these scriptures and many others as we learn about operating in authority. Now, why is it important that you operate in authority? Because understand, well, for one major reason, the Bible declares that um, in the last days, darkness will cover the earth. Gross darkness and gross darkness will cover the people. It's getting mighty dark out there. Amen. Amen. It's getting mighty dark. Yes, so because it is getting dark, we must now, and the Lord hasn't taken us out yet. I'm expecting the Lord to rapture us out, to take us out of here. Thank God. But he has not done that yet. And because he hasn't done that yet, that means we're still here. Amen. Right? Amen. We're not of the world, but we are surely still in the world. So we're going to have to know how to navigate in these dark times. So this is one reason why this word is so prophetic and why it is so important for you to understand your rights and privileges as members of the body of Christ Amen. and understand how to operate in authority. Now, remember, the word authority implies um, control, taking control. It implies um, you issuing out commands and something being obedient to what you say. Right? Now we know that God has not given us the authority to lord over people or to, or to command or demand people. Remember the Lord Jesus said that he is our good shepherd. And I've never seen the, sh uh, the shepherd pick up a bat and hit the sheep. Amen. Not a good shepherd. Right? I've never seen a good shepherd verbally abuse the sheep. You ain't nothing. So, so I've never seen that. Never seen that. I've never seen a good shepherd get behind the sheep and push and push the sheep on, push the sheep. No, a good shepherd does what? He simply walks forward and he speaks and the sheep follow him. The sheep follow his voice. The sheep follow his voice. Are you hearing? Why do we say all that? I don't know. But praise the Lord. I think somebody, somebody need to hear that. But here we go back in operating in authority. We may hit a lot of those little, praise the Lord. All right, Luke 10. So that was for somebody, I'm sure. Luke 10, 
And uh, we're just going to rehearse a, f- a couple of verses here. And uh, you can also turn your Bible. We're going to do it as well there in the book of Matthew. Maybe we talked about Matthew as well. Uh, man, there's just so much, so much. So much. Matthew 28. Um, so much. But Luke 10, let's look at verse 19. Luke 10, 19. We're gonna, let's get it quickly. You can keep your finger here or keep your Bible marker there in Luke 10 because we're going to come back to it, Lord willing, today. Luke 10, 19 says, do you want to read it with me? Can we read it together today? I'll be reading out of the King James Version, and I, I pray that you'll also, um, if you can, whatever version that you have, but we'll be reading on the King James. Luke 10, verse number 19. You ready? Yes. We're going to read it uh, loudly, enthusiastically, but definitely slowly. <laughs> Lord, help the pastor, right? Ready? Let's read. Behold. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, that's wonderful. That is so rich. I pray that we'll be able to get into that today. Let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And you can keep your finger there. Matter of fact, I'm going to put my tab right back there in Luke 10. Let's go to Matthew 28. When you get Matthew 28, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Y'all are fast. Praise God. Matthew 28, let's look at, um, we're going to look at verse 16 all the way down and through. I'll tell you when to read. Verse 16 says, uh, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but someone doubted. Some doubted. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, What? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now that is powerful in the day of the week. Now I may jump and shout and run around the room. Thank you very much. If I do, it's all right. All right, okay. All power, say with me, all power power is given unto me me in heaven heaven and in earth. earth. All right, verse 19 starts the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you. How often? Always. Always, even unto the end of the world. What? Amen. That's it. That settles it. Remember, we said, as we said last week, your authority is always limited to the one who gives it to you. Okay. Um, Let's say we use the food line a lot, the food bank a lot for our illustrations. Here again, if someone is operating and they're in charge of the bread line, right? We said that last week. Uh, if they're the supervisor on the bread line and they're authorized to give three loaves, right? Remember we talked about that last week. Uh, they can't change that order. The only one that could change that order is the one who is ultimately responsible for all the bread, for, for, the, whole, for the whole supply, right? So whoever gives you authority, you're limited by their power. You're limited by their power, whoever gives it to you, Right? Uh, let's say, let's go here. Let's talk about the city of Bremen. Uh, if the chief of police says, I deputize you 
and now you are deputy, deputy Fife. Now you are deputized, you'll get it later. Now you are deputized to operate in the city of, in the city of Bremen. You're restricted, your jurisdiction covers Bremen because that's all the authority he has. He can only give you authority to operate under his authority, right? But what if uh, the FBI, CIA, NSA, whoever gives you authority, one of those higher up, you can go anywhere in the country, right? Amen. You can operate. Remember, because your authority is limited, the amount of, of, of authority that you can operate in is limited to the one who gives it to you. So go back. Jesus just declared, I have all power. Amen. All of it Amen. in heaven and all of it in earth. And he tells you, go. He's sending you forth with authority. So that means that the authority that you and I can walk in in the body of Christ is unlimited. Amen. Is unlimited. As long as the name of Jesus has power, as long as he has authority, our authority in him, our power, our, our ability to control and influence circumstances and situations will always be unlimited. And guess what? He's not going to be unseated from power. Praise the Lord. So that means that I will always, always have power. I'll always have authority in him. And remember, when the Lord says authority, he says power, something is going to bow to you. Now, we said before, humans, the Lord did not call us uh, to make other humans bow before us. You can't force your will on someone else. Okay, God didn't call us to force our will on others. When you start forcing your will on someone else, you're into the satanic kingdom then. You're trying to make somebody do something. That's not going to work. That's not how God made this thing. Are you hearing me? But we can uh, try to influence people and give them the information so that they can make a decision on their own. Right? Remember the Lord loves, said he loves a cheerful giver. Someone whose heart is in his giving. He tells us not to give under compulsion as if someone is forcing us to do it. He says he wants you to give cheerfully. He wants you to give openly from your heart. That's how God receives it, right? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, uh, we, let's go back just uh, for a few moments in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians 1. We started here on last week. This text is so rich. I'm telling you, it is so rich and it is so good. It's one of those parts of Scripture that the Lord has made so good to me, I could, I could sop it with a biscuit. It is so good. Wouldn't even need any A1 sauce. Wouldn't even need any hot sauce, Robin. Wouldn't even need any hot sauce. It is that good. It is really, really it's looking mighty tasty right now. Mm. All right, let's contain ourselves for a moment. All right, let's go. Uh, Ephesians 1, remember we started there, and we'll look, started at verse number 3. We're going to go to verse, from verse 3 to verse 5, and I really want to get back into Luke 10, so we, but we're going to take our time. We're going to walk through it. Amen? Amen. Verse 3 says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, remember we said hath is past tense, right? That's right. Hath already done, say with me, it's already done. Already say what I'm about to read. Has already been done. Not about to be done. It's not in the future. It's in the past. It has already happened. Okay. Who hath blessed us 
with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, we said on last week that, the, that you can underline the two words, um, actually the three words, blessed there. The word blessed is used twice. The word blessings is used once. Now, remember, the, uh, primarily the word blessed means uh, praise. We say, praise be the Lord, right? Praise be the Lord. But the word, also, the word blessing also um, uh, talks about uh, favor and, and honor. But these two words we said here uh, in the phrase, who hath blessed us. The word blessed there in the Greek is eulageo. Say eulageo. You remember that the word eulageo uh, means to invoke a blessing, to call upon the blessing. It means to consecrate a thing for service, to set you aside, to admit you or ordain you to a sacred office. God is setting you aside. Uh, this also talks about uh, a, a blessing also talks about um, something being transferred to you, a benefit being transferred to you, uh, someone being approved of. Right. Remember, the father said to the Lord Jesus, this is my uh, beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was stating his approval in, in essence, giving his blessing for the Lord's public ministry. Right. Jesus came to River Jordan, you know, to be baptized, came up, bang. This was the father's endorsement of Christ. He's about to enter into public ministry. He was putting his blessing or seal of approval on the Lord so he could go forth into ministry. Right. I bless you. Remember, uh, people say a father may say uh, to uh, maybe his son, you know, uh, you know, you go, go with my blessings, go with my approval. Right. So. This first one, Hulageo, uh, talks about we're going with the Lord's approval. He's ordaining us to do something. Uh, remember, it says, uh, all who hath blessed us or who hath ordained us or favored us with uh, us. Now, we're going to talk about us just for a moment. Lord, help us. It, it, is, it is so loaded. Help me remember the word us, okay? Let's go on a little bit further. Who hath blessed us with what? All spiritual what? Blessings. Now notice it says with all spiritual blessings. Now, if the Lord said, I have blessed you with a spiritual blessing, that will be powerful in itself, right? Oh my God, he has blessed me with a spiritual blessing. He has blessed me with a, if he said, I blessed you with many spiritual blessings. That's another thing. Wow, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. But he didn't say that. He said, I bless you with all of them. My God, that makes me want to freak out. Uh, that makes me want to freak out. Are you hearing? Uh, it's just me. Praise the Lord. Just, it makes me want to freak out. My God, he's given me all. He has entitled me to receive all. All spiritual blessings. Now he said, who hath, this is already done. This has already happened to the us here. He has already placed his hand on you, already approved you, already appointed you for something. Already done it. This is the thing that blows my mind. And remember, we said, well, what has, he, what has he approved me of? What has he done? Well, the Bible tells you. He says, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. 
all spiritual blessings. Now remember the word blessings is uh, eulogia, eulogia. Remember the two words, eulogeo and eulogia. Eulogia means what? Fine discourse, fine discourse. It means polished speech. It means fair speech and eloquence and, and eloquence of language. Now, why in the world would God give me, bless me with all eloquence of language or bless me in order to speak in all languages? Why is that so? Well, we're going to see this in the word of God, because as you are in authority, there will be different arenas that you will have to stand up and speak into. Different situations, you'll have to stand up in your authority in Christ and speak into it. Now, the Bible also tells us that uh, if we look over here in Ephesians, the second chapter, um, uh, in verse number six, Ephesians 2, 6, it says, um, now remember, go back up to Ephesians 1 and 3. It says, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Say heavenly places. Heavenly. Say heavenly places. Heavenly. Say heavenly places. Heavenly. In Christ Jesus. Verse 6, Ephesians 2, 6 says, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together. Raised us up. Look, there's, I see an ED on raised there. Meaning it has what? Already happened. Say with me, it has already happened. Oh, that leg, Brother Kelly, help me. <laughs> it has already happened. I'm not waiting to be seated with Christ. I'm already seated with Christ. Oh, I'm about to freak out again. Oh, are you hearing me? I'm about to do it. You better pray with me. He said, who hath raised us up. It's already happened. He's already given me a divine speech. He's already given me a divine utterance. I have the ability to speak, uh, to speak the language of the heavenlies already. And he has already caused me to be raised up and seated and seated, right, where it says, who hath raised us up together and made us, say us, is that us again? We'll talk about us in a second. And made us sit together in where? Heavenly places, where? In Christ Jesus. I'm already, yes, I'm on the earth right now. Yes, I am. But I'm also seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, what is the big deal about seeing with Christ? Well, let's go to, uh, let's go back over to uh, Ephesians 1 and look at verse 20 again. Uh, now, some of these things that we're just recapping out. Who is so good? I got to, oh. Ephesians 1, 20, look at that. It said, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set, set, set. Now, uh, it says, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, there are two things that we need to see here. One, in verse number six of, uh, of, of Ephesians 2, the Lord has raised us up, or, say already happened, already. raised us up and made us sit. Say sit. S-I-T. -I Even I can spell it, right? S-I-T. Um, let's write it. Yes, let's do it. Praise the Lord. He's made us. He's made us. There's the us. Uh-oh, wait a second. All right. He's made us, right, Amen. to do what? S-I-T. S-I-T. 
Christ, R-I-S-T, right? He is, well, let me take that back. Wait a second. I'll put it in all caps. That's just me. Christ is, is done what? What does it say? How you spell his part? Anybody remember? That's right. Thank you. Set. There, right. There we go. Set. Look at this. Verse 6, Ephesians 2, 6 says, Hath raised us up together and made us to what? Sit. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse number 20 of Ephesians 1 says, uh, Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and what? Set. 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 Set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. All right. Why is that important? Now, there's so much here. Oh, it's so good. Why is it important that there's a difference between the set and the sit? Remember, we had those old um, radios. They say, they say, set your dial on channel, you know, 105 or whatever. Set it here, which means when you set something, when you set something in place, you're blocking out everything else, and this becomes un. Movable. <laughs> right? It becomes unmovable. As long as you are set here, you're going to receive this benefit. Set. You are set. Right? So God didn't tell the Lord Jesus, uh, Son, come on and sit here. He says, he made him to be set right here. Meaning, this is his set place. Nobody can take this place from him. It's reserved. The seat is his. Nobody can take it. Nobody else will ever occupy it. It is his forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. He is set there. Okay? Now, he is in his set place. And we are seated with Christ in his set place. Because he can't be moved, as long as I'm sitting with him, I cannot be moved. Isn't that wonderful? Now look at this, there are two things here. He made him to, he made him to um, set him, he set him in his place uh, to, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now we said, so Jesus is set, is set, help me, Jesus is set at the right hand of supreme power and authority. There is no power greater than God. All things that were created came from him. He is the source of all things. There is no greater power. There is none. There is none. There is none greater. And Jesus is set, the Father himself set Jesus, S-E-T. He set him right there. And we are seated with him and in him in the heavenly places. Now I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm trying to get I'm trying to contain it, Robin. I'm trying to contain it. All right, here we go. Now he said, so we go back into Ephesians 2. It says, and made us, we can get to the us again, just a second. Made us sit together. We're seated together as one family, one happy family. Oh, I love family. Are you hearing me? Amen. You know, God ordained the family before he ordained the church. Right. Family came first. That's, right. That's why church ought to be family. Yes. 
we'll get back in that some other time. He made us sit together in heavenly places. Remember, heavenly places is a place where we have authority, where we can speak in all languages. Isn't that something? We speak with an eloquent language in Christ Jesus. I am seated in Christ. I love that word in. I could, I love that word in. I'm standing here on the earth, and at the same time, I am in Christ, seated in Christ, and he's next right there beside the Father, which means when I make a decree, when I make a command, I speak as though, hear me, I'm not calling you a God. Please uh, don't go out here and say, Pastor, I'll say you're a God. You're a mighty poor God, let me tell you that now. But when I sit in Christ and I decree, I say what God said. I'm not making up my own laws. I'm not making up my own word. I'm echoing the things that my father has said. So I am in Christ and I declare what Christ said. I declare what his word said. Whatever is there must bow the knee and submit to the word, to the verdict, to the decree that's coming out of my mouth. What am I saying? I'm saying sickness. I command you to get your little hiney up out of here now in Jesus' name. Are you hearing me? Poverty, go in Jesus' name. How dare you come up against me? Don't you know who I am and where I sit? Are you hearing? So this is why it's so sad for a born-again believer to walk around and say, oh, the devil's on my back. Oh, the devil's in my pocketbook. The devil's in my car. Oh, the devil's really beating me up this week, Pastor. I say, what in the world is wrong with you? You do not know who you are and what you possess in Christ. Are you hearing so we're very, very excited. Now go back to uh, Ephesians 1 and verse number 20. It says again, and uh, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him, say set, set him at his own right hand, where in heavenly places, where far above all principalities. Now it says far above. In other words, now we know a king always sits higher in the room. He always sits higher than everybody else. Uh, illustrating that everybody that sits lower is under his authority and command. That's why when you go in the courtroom, the judge always sits higher. He's always the highest one in the room, meaning that everybody in that room, he has authority over and command. Bailiff, go get that one because they're chewing gum. Bailiff, go get them right there. They're sleeping, you know, whatever. Not saying if you're chewing gum, but if you were, it would be okay. Just don't put it under the seat. Uh, yes. All right. So what are we saying here? Whoever sits highest has the power, ultimate power. And so Christ says he sits high above all what principalities. Now, these are demonic powers, fallen angels, the ones that have come to torment and cause all sorts of devilment and, and hell in your life. Yes. These are the ones who are wrecking and messing up things. So Jesus said, uh, he sits far above, he is set, and we are in him, in that set position, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and every name that is named, above the name cancer, above the name diabetes, above the name of whatever name you can name it, leukemia, whatever, his name is greater than that name. That name is beneath me. 
You ought to rise up with that thought in mind, have that attitude, that's beneath me. I crush that, I step on that. That's beneath me in Christ. Some things you understand are just beneath you. They're just beneath you. Why don't you want to sin? It's just beneath me. I don't want to go back into that mess. It's just beneath me. When you understand who you are. That's why I don't go out and root and so forth and so on. Why even do all that? It's just beneath me. We understand who you are. Hallelujah. We understand that you are royalty. And understand where you sit and what God has already blessed you with. Hallelujah. We're going to look at the us in just a minute. Praise God. We understand who you are. Oh, my God. Why in the world would you lower yourself for that kind of activity? Whew. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him it's all about Jesus. I'm telling you. All of this is because where we sit, we sit in Christ. You must come to that awareness. All of that is where you sit. You sit in Christ. Now, this is just not a, a nice Bible study discussion. I'm not just trying to show you something, whoo, something up in the air, something, oh, nice message. No, this is something for you to live by. The Lord's trying to change your mentality, your thought processes. And you will live as kings and as queens in the earth today. You will walk with supreme authority. You'll understand that when Jesus came, our king, our elder brother, our God, our savior, our master, when he came, he came to correct things that the devil had done. He came to undo the work of the enemy. He came in, as we would say, as a new sheriff in town. Whatever the devil did wrong, Jesus came to make it right. When he stepped on the scene, demons cried out, Oh, what do we do with you, Jesus? And he healed all manner of sickness and diseases, raising the dead and so forth and so on. He, here is the power of God. He brought the kingdom of God in. And Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached. What gospel of the kingdom? The gospel of the kingdom that says you're not weak and you're not powerless, but you're actually mighty through God. This gospel that says that you're in Christ and Christ is in you and that he's invested his spirit on the inside of you and you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are now the temple of power. God himself fills you. He's filled you with all of his fullness. The book of Ephesians, right? He's filled you with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. It should get to the point. Oh my God. Lord, do you want me to say this? It should get to the point when people look at you and they say, well, what is God like? You should be able to turn and say, how long have you been with me and you've not seen God? You hear what I'm saying? That, now, that's a dangerous statement because I want about to go out and say that Pastor Stroud said that you are God because you are not. But the Bible does say that we are Christians, Christ-like. We should be like Christ. We should be a reflection of Christ Jesus in the earth. So when they wonder what was Christ like, they should see a reflection of Christ in you and in your life. Jesus said the works that I do, so you do also. And greater works than these because I go to my Father. You are the body of Christ in the earth today. Are you with me? Are you getting this? 
Let's talk about this us for a second, then we're going to have to close out for the day. Let's talk about this us. Who is this us that sits, that has, I'm sure the angels saying, what is man that God has made him a house for his spirit, for the very spirit of God, the very power and presence? Of God. What is man? I'm sure they're scratching their heads that God was in his son to die, beat, whip, and not to move. What in the world is man? I'm sure they're freaking out. Aw. I'm like, what? What is man? You hear me? The book of Psalms says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? What in the world have you made, God? What is man? What is mankind that you've made him to house your presence? You've made him and he's so important to you. She is so important to you. Mankind is so important to you that you are willing to give your life to you are willing to lower yourself and all your divinity and be born through a woman. The angels say, my that's mighty strange. Yes, Why would yes, you? Yes, yes. What is man that you would go through all of this trouble yes, to redeem them? Jesus. Let's talk about the us. Amen. I'm excited. Are you, you, are, you ready, are you ready to get into the us for a second? Because the us is so powerful. Go back to Ephesians 1. Doesn't look like we're getting to, to Luke. Oh, my Jesus. We'll get back there. We're going to get it. Another part. Ephesians 1 says again, let's look at verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, say, hath, blessed who? Us, with all spiritual, blessing, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath, what? Chosen who? Us, in him, when? Before what? Before what? Before the foundation of the world. God now world there talks about cosmos, not only the planet, but everything that is in existence. Before God, this says, this out of your Bible, this says, before God put the first star in the sky, he was thinking about you. He had already known who you were. He knew your name, your face, who your parents were going to be. He knew your, the pigmentation of your skin. He knew your personality. He knew what you would be prone to, what sins you'd be prone to. He knew how much you would love him. He thought about you before he made anything else. Before. Say before. before. Say before. Before. Before the foundation, what's the foundation? That's the building, the first, very first thing that happens, right? The, the concrete here, the slab. Before the slab was put down, the builder already saw, how, already saw the house in manifestation. Can you see what I'm saying? He already saw, he already had the blueprints on the inside. Just like I, I love my daughter and my, my son's gift. They can look at a paper and they already know what they want to draw. All of our artists in here, they know they want to draw before they pick up the pencil. God, in the mind of God, he already knew you. Already knew you and chose you. 
The Bible declares that before the foundation of the world as well, the lamb was slain. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? It means that before God put anything into place, before possibly, before he created the first angel, possibly, before he did all of that, he took account and thought about you. If I make the universe, if I make the stars, if I make angels, hmm, that Lucifer, I know what he's going to do. He's going to mess up Adam and Eve. Now, Adam and Eve are not in existence then, but they're in the mind of God. They're in him. If I do that, they're going to mess up. But if I don't do that, I'll never get to know April. I'll never get to know Linda. I'll never get to know Robbie. I'll never get to know them. If I don't create this, I'll never get to to know them and they will never get to come home and be with me so he chose you he's been thinking about you for a long time before the dinosaurs and all that stuff he was thinking about you for a long time he's been trying to get you here for a long very long time so here we are God, I messed up. You don't love me. What? Thank you. He said, I have all the trouble like this. I know you. Hallelujah. I know what you are prone to. I know what you would do. He said, I've been thinking about you, and this is a love relationship that's been going on far past your mom and your daddy, your grandmom, your granddaddy, far past that. This is a love relationship. He thought of you and he loved you. Does that make sense to you? We're talking about the us. We're talking about the us. Let's go ahead and try to land this plan today, this plane today, because there's so much more we're not going to get it all. It says, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world. Now, I love the word chosen. <sighs> chosen means that he picked you, you didn't pick him. Amen. He picked you, you didn't pick him. Amen. Isn't that something? Amen. But here we, get, here, here, here we go again. Oh, God, I messed up. You don't want me. He said, I know what you're going to do. I picked you, remember? You didn't pick me. I picked you. I picked you. Now, the word chosen, we look at this in the grocery store, right? You know, you got all these oranges and apples and, and the pears and all that stuff there. And what do you do? You, go, you don't just go and just pick them up like that, do you? If you do, let me know. I won't be eating none of your fruit. When you go, you choose. What do you do? You don't cover your eyes. You look at and you inspect it, right? Anybody ever buy watermelons before? You kind of thump that thing, right? I'm a thumper. I don't know about y'all. I'll thump it. I don't know what it really does, but I try my best. I thump that thing, and I choose it from the rest, which means some, for God to say choose, that means some were not chosen. He picked you out from the rest, and he put you in his basket. Now, how do you know if you've been chosen, if you have the mind to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and you receive him as your Lord and Savior and the Spirit of God is within you, you've received God as your deposit, his Spirit is on the inside of you, then you know that you have been handpicked by God from before the foundation of the world. Isn't that something? Say he has chosen me. I didn't choose him. He chose me. 
he sought me out. Do you understand that God sought you out? He sought you. Now, this is why the Bible says that marriage is it marriage of the Christian marriage is an illustration of Christ and the church. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor in the sight of the Lord. It is the man that goes out and looks for his wife and chooses his wife. God said, I chose you. I chose you. And it is the man that is often smitten by the woman. Oh, whoa, baby. It is a man that is smitten. Many times it's not the woman that was smitten. Now, of course, you know I'm going to have to talk about my wife, right? You better tell I was looking, I was thinking about 21 years of age, and I was looking for a wife, not a girlfriend. I was looking for a wife. I was, there's a difference. We know that, right? I was looking for a wife, and I was praying for a wife, interceding. And many times in prayer, I, I could feel her hand in mine. Didn't know who she was, didn't know where she was, but still at that time I could feel her hand in mine and I would begin to pray for her because God knew who he made for me. And so I begin to pray for her in, in Jesus' name and ask God to protect her and, and cover her and keep her and bless her before I even met her. And so I was there in the courthouse in the Cap County working and minding my own business. 21 years of age, working on the computer, when all of a sudden, checking the books, and, and I looked up, and I kid you not, the whole room seemed to light up when she walked in the room. Oh my God! I could have sworn I heard the angels, This is it. Here it is. And so I promptly go over and I make a fool of myself. And later on, she, she says that she thought I was just some crazy man. I tried to introduce myself and all this stuff, but I just wasn't as cool as I am today. Praise the Lord. I made a fool of myself and, and she walked out. She was there for an account. I didn't make her leave, you understand? <laughs> she was there on a class assignment and she finished her assignment. And so she left. I didn't get no number. I told you I blew it. What does a man do? What, what, what would a young man do? I went back in my prayer closet and I fasted all weekend long. Y'all ain't talking to me. I fasted and I sought God and I said, Lord, please let it come back again. Please let it come back again. Please, Lord, I messed up. I got in the flesh. Please, Lord, let it come back again. Monday morning, I put on my best sweater. Went into work that day did my work, and lo and behold, oh, oh, thank you, Jesus, okay. 
thank you, Lord, okay. Uh, hello, you may not remember me, but uh, my name is Mark, and uh, if you need anything, any type of assistance, hey, I'm here to help you. I'll be over here, okay? All right. I just keep it short, keep it short, keep it short, keep it short. Came back around. Uh, did you need any other help? You know, you need no, no, you're good? You're good? Okay. Jesus, 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 the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A little while longer. Um, you know, um, would, would you like to go to church with me sometime? Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I got the phone number. And almost 21 years later, we are here. Isn't that something? Hallelujah. Now, I forgot why we came here, but you have to go back and hear the tape. Chosen. Chosen. She didn't. Oh, no. She, no, uh-uh, she didn't choose me. <laughs> uh, no. No. I chose her. Picture of the marriage. Picture of Christ and the church. Christ said, you are his church. The Bible declares in the book of Revelation, you are his bride. Chosen. You are the chosen. The bride really chosen out of the church. You are his bride. You didn't pick him. He saw you from across the room, from before the world was formed, and said, I must have them. He fell in love with you. It's not something. God is love. And he fell in love with you. Knowing who you are, knowing what you would do, when you do, when you did it, but yet and still, he still loved you. And he chose you. You are the one. We said, what, what was the importance about the us? Well, because it is the ones that he has chosen, that he has given authority. Even now, now let's come back down to 2013. Now here you are, you are the beloved of God. And you're walking around. And now you're coming to knowledge of who you are and his wonderful love for you. And now here you are walking in the earth realm. Wonder why the devil hates you so much? Because you're walking with divine power. If only your eyes could be open and you would see that you are the object of God's love. If the devil wants to hurt God, he's not shooting arrows at God. He's trying to hurt you. But at the same time, you parents know, if you mess with my child, you mess with me. Are you hearing? You are the object of God's love. He loves you so incredibly much. How could man refuse him? How could man refuse such a loving relationship? He chose you. Oh, my God. There are so much more. There's so much more. Wish we'd get it all today. I really do. But I need y'all to be praying with me that even next week we go even deeper because we can go even deeper in the word of God. I want to show you who you are and what you already have, what has already been done, that you may walk with power in this earth, proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. 
righting the wrongs through Christ, seeing the power of God manifest in whatever area you are. When you come to this revelation, you'll sing differently because the anointing of God will be coming through you. Are you hearing me? Whatever you do, if you're a street sweeper, you'll sweep with the anointing. I'm a son of God sweeping this street. Praise God. No matter who you are, where you are in life, you can do it with the anointing and the power and presence of God. If you're at McDonald's flipping burgers, flipping it with the anointing. And people say, who are you? There's something about you every time you come in. What is that on you? What is that? And you can tell them it's Christ. It's Christ in me. This is what you see. It is the presence of God on my life. I can introduce you to him. We better stop there for today. Give God a hand of praise. We're done. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.